Ladies, gentlemen, amphibians, welcome to the podcast. We're going to get right into it. We have, I think we have a really great show for you tonight. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, maybe in the morning, you're going to enjoy it, I think. Uh, we have uh, we have a guest who we're going to bring. I want you guys to be introduced to immediately. We're going to have, she's going to be on for the whole time. And her name is Amanda. Oh, you're right. How are we doing, Amanda? Doing good. I'm just planning on kind of rolling with it. This is my first podcast uh, and podcast, so... We'll it's see how best goes. to have your first podcast be a podcast. I've always said that. Yeah, that's what I've been. That's kind of one of our sticking points. <laughs> um, can you tell us? So you are you are newly um, newly acquired talent here at the Turtle Room. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you're uh, what you're up to now? Absolutely. Yes, I'm uh, very excited to uh, now be a part of the Turtle Room's team of uh, you know just people working, not just doing this one podcast thing, but actually kind of an ongoing position as the social media coordinator. So uh, that means I'm going to be kind of formulating a lot of the, the stuff you see on Instagram and uh, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. And it's something that I kind of have a knack for anyway. So it'll be exciting you do. to Your Instagram that. is amazing. I love your Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, found it, I, I found it the other day, and I, I just started scrolling through, and it was like, you just have a, I think you have a very cool life. I don't know if you know that, but you probably do. But yeah, I, was, I was very impressed with... Um, just the uh, how happy you look with with all the animals. You seem like you're having a good time. Yeah, I try. Yeah, it was definitely like an accidental thing that kind of at first I was like, here's pictures of my dogs, and then I started like doing cooler stuff, and yeah. people started noticing. So I I, had, I was kind of forced to get good at it, like learn about hashtags and like all this right. weird stuff, and kind of just became the, this this monster I created that I'm trying to put towards good use. <laughs> right. Yeah. How, how, why did that, so that wasn't, that wasn't, you didn't try to like build a, um, a following or whatever, you just started doing, it was just something you were enthusiastic about and it caught on, that type of thing? Exactly, yes. Cool. I was totally like. Oh, uh-oh. Well, um, she was, I think she was going to say she was totally excited about uh, bringing her talents to the turtle room. We're good. We're good. We're, we're back. We're back. So yeah, there's one of the many surprises of the podcast. There is. We we keep yeah, we like to keep technology you on your for you. That never happens. That never happens. I think I it's good. I think it's a good sign. Yeah, I think it's yes. a good sign. What do you think? I think I think you were saying something that was probably not important. That's why I got cut off. Exactly. They were like, Amanda, we're done with this. Yeah. About I mean, Steve, just you, we can give her a little warning when we're going to cut, when we're going to play the uh, the orchestra real loud, and we have to cut her off. We, just, we can do it a little more subtly, <laughs> I think. Um, Wonderful. I knew something like that was, was going to happen. By the way, I was like, something terrible is going to happen. My first podcast. Just be be prepared for that, Amanda. So, let's see. Here. I think you, I got you, my. You just get it out of the way. Yeah, back, no. Back um, I'm back. Anything that happens from here on out is just a bonus. You've already gotten past the rough part. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're playing with house money now. I was also <laughs> going to say, in terms of this being your first podcast ever, yes. you never forget your first. You never forget your first. No, so. there's always going to be something that happens that's like, oh yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> that sounds very pessimistic. I don't. I don't. I hope that that's not actually the case. It can only case. go up from here. It can only go up from here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Um, anyway, as we were doing and saying. Yeah, so we were just talking about um, we were talking about how you got to where you are, which right now you are. So you worked at the New England Aquarium. Yeah. And then now yeah. you work in you will live where now? I don't. That's I don't know. I actually just moved to Atlanta, and so yeah. I 
I uh, had to leave my job at the New England Aquarium, and I also worked for NERD, New England Reptile Distributors, and uh, kind of just between those two things, I was doing a lot of really cool stuff. And now, I'm, you know, it hasn't been the coolest point of my life yet, but the Turtle Room certainly has made made things more exciting for me. And I'm uh, slowly but surely, you know, doing some uh, doing some more interviews and trying to get uh, into, you know, a few avenues down here. So I think probably within a month or two, I'll I'll have found something new and exciting to get to get involved with. But it's okay. kind of a weird transition in my life right now. So you just you just picked up and, and went down there because you thought it would be better to live down there? I actually was I lived here for the first four years after high school. I went to school down here for a while and I loved it, but I kind of just ran out of money and had to go back home to Boston. And, uh, and and then I ended up getting the job at the aquarium, which kept me there a little longer, right. finished up school. But I always kind of planned on coming back down here because I love the South. I love I love how it's just littered with reptiles, and it's just a it's just a cool place. It's a place that I kind of felt I needed to end up. Interesting. So what, why why Atlanta specifically in the South? I well, you know, I'm not much of a city person. I actually live with my boyfriend here, so he kind of is. And so we compromise like with a good place that's kind of just on the outskirts of Atlanta. Okay. And I do actually really like Atlanta as far as cities go too. Yeah. I like being close to like the aquarium and the zoo yeah, it's a good and city. stuff like that. Yeah, it is. So you can go I, I, you can go north like an hour and you're in like Chattahoochee National Forest is like that's like as far away from anything as you can be. It's so cool up there too. Yeah, I feel like it's very much a city inside of a forest. I think that's what a lot of people yeah. actually call it. Yeah, yeah. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not I feel like that doesn't get enough play that the fact that like when I think of Atlanta I think of like <laughs> I think of food and I think of um, ludicrous mostly. Those are the two like I think of I don't think of the woods, which is a good that's a cool a cool idea to have a city in the middle of the woods. That's like, it a, is. like a Lord of the Rings stuff. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. if you go northwest, it's very wooded. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's another gorgeous it is so pretty. That one of the things I love about Georgia is that it is such an all-encompassing state. Like you have Atlanta, this big city, then you have all these crazy forests. You actually have like this big temperate rainforest down in the south with like a huge yeah. swamp. Uh, Oki Finoki Swamp. It's like um, amazing. Then you go to the shore and you're Great like, swamp name. I've been there. Yeah, I know. I love there. it. Oki Finoki. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Tons of turtles down there too. It's it's incredible. And then you can go to the beach and you have sea turtles and you have this tropical place and you feel like you're in Florida and there's like islands and stuff. It's just it's really cool. And then you have Savannah. Is a weird. That's like a really weird little kind of a niche city. Have you been to Savannah before? Yes, I have. Savannah's probably my favorite place in Georgia so far that I've been. It's awesome. That's cool. Really recommend it. Very cool. Is there? There's not a lot of wild. Is there a lot of wildlife stuff going on there? I mean, I know obviously <laughs> it's right by the beach, so they have like. Yeah, they actually have um, pretty much most of the sea turtles that you can find in uh, the United States mm-hmm. are found in Georgia. They have nesting beaches for loggerheads and leatherbacks, and um, and they've got tons of stuff going on down there. With and then diamondback terrapins. Yeah, I mean, uh, One of our, in fact, that's a great time to plug a good friend of ours, Jordan Gray. He's part of an organization called TERPS, the Terrapin Education Program uh, of Savannah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anybody who lives in that area is interested in getting involved with uh, Diamondback Terrapin things, check out TERPS. And just going to plug in my hat also here that I brought just in case it would like be super cool. It does have a terrapin on it. So nice. I wear this out in public. Nobody yet has asked me, like, is that a diamondback terrapin? Which I kind of hope that they will so I can like talk to them about it. But you never know. You I know? love that you had the hat sitting next to like we're ready just for like the prop department. It was right there. Oh, here's my diamondback terrapin hat in case it comes up. It was like an emergency bad hair. 
thing where I'm like, if my hair is really not cooperating, I just put this on and be like, I just love, I just love turtles. That's it. Right. (laughs) Um, we we like to just ignore our hair situations on this on this podcast. Generally, if you have a problem, just just let it rock. We're don't worry about it. Please don't <laughs> wear a hat to cover it up. Um, so our sea turtles that's a big is that a big thing for you? Is that something that got you like into? Is that where it started with sea turtles? You know, surprisingly not. It was kind of one of these things that I didn't real I didn't or I should say I kind of am surprised it didn't click sooner because I've always been really into turtles and I've always been really into marine biology. But for the longest time, sea turtles were... You'd think that it would just kind of click, but for the longest time, sea turtles were kind of just those things like, oh, yeah, I love watching them on TV or, you know, a nice calendar with sea turtles. Mm. But I didn't really know a lot about them. They kind of just seemed like that mythical, untouchable animal, kind of like whales, where you're just like, yeah, they're so beautiful, but I really don't know a lot about them. And so I was always super into reptiles and super into marine biology. And, of course, that brought me right into working with sea turtles. And when I started working at the New England Aquarium... Uh, they have a huge sea turtle rescue program there uh, because down in um, Cape, or I should say up now because I'm in Atlanta, uh, up in Cape Cod, since they have such a weird geography, you know, that like hook of Cape Cod, oh, the sea yeah. turtles. I, my, me and my family stay right here. Falmouth. Yep. Falmouth. That's how we all talk about it. We're like, yeah, we're going up here. Yep, Falmouth. <laughs> And uh, so, and every time I do a talk on sea turtles, I'm like, so then there's this. <laughs> yeah. People just know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but they, the young Kemp's Ridley sea turtles, which are the most endangered species of sea turtle in the world, and loggerheads and greens come up with the Gulf Stream, and they're never like uh, mature adults. They're always like these little juveniles that really don't have any any uh, you know course in their life. They're just kind of exploring, learning how to be a sea turtle, trying to stay alive. And they come up every year with the Gulf Stream. And then for some reason, even though tons of other animals come in, whales, sharks, all types of stuff, come in, they feed in this really nutrient-rich area, a lot of upwelling in there, which means basically uh, a lot of nutrients being brought from from the bottom up into that area. It's just a really, really productive zone. And the sea turtles, every year, they get stuck in the hook of Cape Cod. They just can't seem to find their way out. So they... Uh, wash up on the shores because they get cold stunned because of right. course they're reptiles so uh, when whenever the winter starts to come in which usually happens like overnight for Massachusetts and most most of the northern states as you guys know very well uh, they you know they just overnight gets gets really cold and then they start washing up on the shores and so it just seemed like such an awesome opportunity to do some really cool stuff basically you're just yeah. going out on the beaches at like 2 a.m. to go you, find you FedEx them to the other side of the island is that what it is how do they, what was that? You FedEx him to the other side of the arm to over down yeah. to, to, to Turo. Like, all, right, all right, there you go. Yeah, I wish. Gosh, and there's no nothing that they that <laughs> they could ever do to. I mean, to teach them how to get out. It's just like it it kind of has to happen. So, right. and once they wash up, they're like cr- critical. So they have to do the whole rehabilitation thing. It takes uh-huh. months. But it's just all encompassing. You get to go out on the beaches and collect them, and then help them, you know, become healthy turtles again. And and that, of course, you know, you can't do that and come out of that with like, yeah, sea turtles are still meh. Like, you just become right. obsessed with them. After is that, that like they have like PTSD? Is that like they, they get like messed up because they got washed up? Is that what it is? That's so funny that you say that because it's like it's actually like they don't even know how to be a, a sea turtle at first, and they're just like, what do I do? And you have to like truly <laughs> teach them how to swim again, and like it's it's unbelievable. You would think that you know they would just kind of bounce back, right. and they are really resilient. But you have to actually we have like little kiddie pools, and you have to teach them how to swim again and how to eat, and it's crazy. And then are we they do therapy sessions. 
Or do, huh? they, do they learn? Do they learn easily, or are they like you know, like like I have? I'm trying to teach my niece to swim, and she's terrible. It's like really. Oh, they need the water wings for sure. The little like yeah, the yeah, floaty. floaties. And yeah. they are definitely jerks about it for sure. They're like <laughs> you know they won't eat, and it's just like I like you have to you have to bribe them to eat. Basically, we want them to eat like really nutrient rich stuff, but all of them just want to eat shrimp, and that's like crap for them. But they just yeah. you have to give them shrimp for the first like mm. twelve months. Of, no, not twelve months. Like twelve weeks of their. It's just they're they're brats for sure. I feel like sea turtles are like, if there was like a like I don't know if you saw Zootopia, but like you know how I'll, I'll did you see that? Did anyone see Zootopia? No, here? I've, I've seen commercials. Maybe I so can. So there's off. they have like the different like the different species of animal kind of take on the personality. So like this is like okay like this animal is the mobsters and whatever. But <clears throat> long story to explain that I think that sea turtles in that type of setting. Are movie stars. I feel like they're very prima donnas, and they're very like they're like the prettiest thing. Like everyone knows about sea turtles. Everyone thinks they're really cool, and I feel like they know that they have that that power. Like you know what I mean? Like they're not behaving the way that a musk turtle would behave. Like they, they absolutely are. Yeah, they're just like oh, I'm a sea turtle. So yeah. like, what do you think? I'm like a freshwater <laughs> like, turtle. Oh, well, you want me to swim? <laughs> no, teach me. <laughs> no, like, I, do you think I don't have feet here? So I'm not going on the land. Sorry, <laughs> I need to be in the ocean. Yeah. Sidebar: Zootopia was really good. I've heard that. My little brother saw it, and he was like, "You need to see this movie." Like, and he's like eight. It was a lot. It was was, was not a not a kids movie, man. The the themes were very. It was very intense. You didn't take you didn't take your daughter to see it or anything. Did she go? Did she go to the movies yet? Uh, we don't go to the movies um, (laughs) because dad can't control himself around the snack bar. I just always smuggle in snacks. Is that okay to admit here? Absolutely. Like I just put them in my purse because it's so expensive at the movie theater. We're in the we're in the circle. My favorite thing. My favorite thing to do is to go to the movies, load up before, give it to the person that I'm going with something to load up with, and then as soon as Tony knows, as soon as I get to the counter, I then tell the person at the counter that he's sneaking in stuff, he or she. (laughs) Uh, That's my that's one of my all time moves. That has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's terrible. I, so, because Tony, I, I took I, I took my niece to see it, and it was like she was she was obviously she's a little bit older than your daughter, but um, it's an interesting bringing a kid to a movie is a very diff, very difficult thing. I'd rather mm-hmm. bring a sea turtle, I think. Me too. Because oh. I know I mean, people are in the place and they're going to be quiet. They uh, will actually see Finding Nemo. Believe it or yeah. not, sea turtles are a lot less than people are like. Oh, they're so beautiful. No, they like you pick them up and they're just slap. They literally yeah. smack you. Face like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, another so funny thing of like the like they're so defenseless against us, but like they they hit hard, like they they move, like they and, and yes. but it's just like a, it's a flipper, so it's just such a different thing. They're Literally slapping slap face, karate yeah. chop, like they have all these moves. When she was talking about, huh? I just totally. It's it's funny you were saying that when when you when you were talking about um, like rehabbing them and they didn't know how to do anything yet. I don't know why I'm such an idiot, but I don't know why. But the movie—I can't remember the title—the title of the movie, but it was the Steven Seagal movie where he's in a coma for seven months and he has to like slowly work back to health. And then all of a sudden, he's like out smack, like snapping necks and arms and and femurs again. Do you know what I'm talking about? Anyone? No. Definitely. Yeah. And then you were talking about karate chops, but but I'm. It's like. Wow. Yeah. That's like their signature move. That's so weird. It came full circle. Gosh. It did. It, for me, I'm sitting here and I'm having this mm-hmm. entire fantasy about <laughs> Steven Seagal. You were speechless for a second there. That's why I was like, yeah. I just said, you were just like. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. I thought we had it. He was freezing. He was freezing on the air. <laughs> no, no more computer glitches. That was honestly just the the biggest 
mental That's battle so I've ever had with myself. So do we, <laughs> so do we think we think sea turtles are more like ninjas than Hollywood stars? Then it's so funny when you like start, and you guys are probably you all know, you could be too. both. They absolutely, but it's it's because animals like they are so different than how they're portrayed. Yeah. Like you know, obviously, sea turtles are portrayed as these like just gorgeous, beautiful, majestic creatures. Yeah so peaceful, but they're like psychopaths. Right. And then like penguins too, all the time at the aquarium I would get, they're so cute, I just want one as a pet. No, like they do the karate chopping in your, like at your throat. They will projectile poop everywhere. I they saw will that. try to peck your eyeball out. You actually have to be a certain height. New England aquarium. At the New yep. England Aquarium I saw the projectile poop. On each other. It's that just, yeah. yeah. I don't deal with that. And then you have to be a certain height to work with them so that they can't peck your eyeballs out because they will. They will try. They oh get abused, God. the penguin people. It's a labor of love for them. But everybody's like, they're so cute. I'm just like, mm. What's the height that you have to be, Amanda? I think you have to be over 5'2", I think, at least, so that they're not like completely eye level with you and you're in the... I don't know. It's really weird. And they, and they just think that they can completely... Uh, like or they think that you're very submissive if you're a certain amount smaller than they are on the rock. They're just, they're very, very sick animals, I guess. I don't I know. Would they just do their thing. I would be <laughs> the crap out of a penguin. I'm not afraid of that. 5'2"? <laughs> no, you're not. I'm not. I'm okay with that. I got and really excited for a second. I thought maybe for us, like, it'd be a good, like, a new career path. Like, right. if you, you needed to be, to be six, like... five or above. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have to be six or eight. Like, oh, perfect. Like, like, the, the real <laughs> path. Those are probably smaller penguins. Just think, you're probably over the required limit for an emperor penguin still. Exactly. Yeah, these are just little Africans. True. They're like two or two feet tall. And yeah, it's, it's funny because like if you were to get in an altercation with one, if one like clearly karate chopped you in the throat and you try to defend yourself, you're going to look like a jerk because nobody will yeah. believe you that you were attacked by a penguin or that the penguin is the right. investigator. Right. So it's just like... So right. right, if you're the guy that... Right. That's like my, my nightmare would be like have like I'm the viral video of a guy punching a penguin and just knocking a penguin out. Penguin abused oh. by so what they're really trying to tell us is that penguins in Madagascar were really not overblown at all. Right. No, they are no, as no I thought that was very accurate. That they're just like these manipulative little animals. Very accurate. Absolutely. <laughs> don't don't anybody tell this to Morgan Freeman or he's gonna die. Oh no! I know. Oh. Yeah, they were so over, over drama, They're so per, we personify them so much to be nice and to be like they're so. I feel like so many movies they're like romantic because they talk about like oh like the male sits on the egg for like mm -hmm. he's probably doing that because he's terrified of the female. Not necessarily not <laughs> because he's being like a, a good husband. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. Hundred yeah. percent. Yep. That's well, that's it. Being when, terrified of your spouse is a, something I'm familiar with, Tony. When yes, right, exactly. And when Mr. Poppers comes out with his tell-all book, we'll know all about penguins <laughs> and how they actually really act behind closed doors. Or, we actually have to tell people too at the aquarium that, like, people will be like, "Oh, they mate for life. It's so amazing." And we have to be like, "Well, actually," and this is like a the true thing that we use. They're more like people where they kind of mate yes. for life or they strive to mate for life, mm. but they usually and don't always mate for life. Like so they've good. got. You know, they have, like, the same kind of, like, where, you know, they like somebody, but then they decide Society they like somebody else. The same line. Yep. Yeah. And there's definitely been some very, like, dramatic things that went on. Like, people would get upset because they'd have two mated penguins, but then because of AZA and the species survival plan, you'd have to take one penguin and mate it with another one because they had 
those genes that they wanted to utilize, and that's what they wanted. And, and then you make that first one watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was just yeah, see, that's it was pretty honestly cool. like a dra- like a soap opera. <laughs> I w- I thought you were gonna say when well, they have to take a mated pair and like one of them has to get sent to another zoo. I feel like that's a Pixar movie waiting to happen. Like the poor. The daddy penguin has to, I guess, Finding Nemo is kind of that already. The daddy penguin has to find his way back. But I feel like Finding, here's my pitch, Finding Nemo on land with penguins. Finding Penguin, yep. Finding Penguins. I like it. New Pixar movie. and Definitely definitely a tearjerker. And that's like the the ultimate um, thing that it needs to be to be a Pixar movie. If it's going to make adults cry. Someone else, mommy's going to have to die like immediately after they leave and he doesn't know. Um, Oh, God. Is there to <laughs> too much? Too much. I'm sorry. Is there, <laughs> another, is there another good example of um, an animal that is wrongly perceived in you know in something like that, like uh, television or movies? Like we think of this. Like give me another good example. Like I, obviously, I know one of that I know is like bald eagles are like you know like the regal American thing, but like they're really like gross like, and gross, and they make they yeah. they actually they make a different sound than they do in the movies. They use like the sound clips of vultures calling because it's much cooler, and you always hear that like wow. That's like yeah. the eagle. Eagles really sound like Aah. they're just they sound terrible. <laughs> so they use that's something I learned about eagles. But you know, bl- believe it or not, one of the most misrepresented animals, of course, is people. People usually hear like, is are snakes. I have a couple of snakes, and they're literally people are like, oh, it's a snake. Cause they think it's just yeah. this horrible like, like uh, you know, very very majestic killer that just is so yeah. uh, so calculated but they're like the the biggest dweebs super clumsy they'll like fall off anything yeah they that's just, my favorite when they when when they're climbing on something and they fall off it's so funny and they're just like <laughs> and they bite they bite themselves instead of their yeah. food all the time they just they're the biggest biggest clumsiest klutzes in the world and i cannot take them seriously like if a snake's like looking at me like they're scared and they want to strike, I'm just like, really? And then they just miss and fall off something. It's just. But you deal with venomous snakes though. Venomous snakes are the same way. I mean, for a lot, a lot of the time they are. They 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 take themselves way too serious. Like I've seen culprits <laughs> before, like hooding up and they they look so scary and then they fall off something and you're just like, really? And you just have to get them back up. And it's so much easier to work with them once you really know what you're doing because you you realize how. You know, they're they're not these creatures that are gonna fly at you. Like they they very are they very much so are limited because they have no legs. So that makes them really really hilarious most of the time. <laughs> they get a lot done. I, for I, I definitely agree like. that they're just generally the way that they're thought of is is a uh, you know is inaccurate. Like people are afraid of them. I don't know if it's a primal thing. Like going back to when we're you know like if we're as like a, as a, we see them as a threat in some specific way. Obviously they're not generally. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's definitely inaccurate. Like mm-hmm. very like mean is just not what a snake is. They're more they're they're dumber than like it. They're I think that that's I get like a like a lovable lovable clumsy Absolutely. dumb. Yeah, they really are. That's the perfect way to describe it. And cows are much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like statistically. Yeah. Than, than snakes are, at least in this country. And you think of a cow as being like this just simple-minded creature, but I've, right. I've dealt with some pretty terrifying cows. Please, tell <laughs> tell the story. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's fine. Um, what... I, I'm not sure... <laughs> I think this, this will tie into... So the way that we look at animals and the way that obviously has an effect on any of our relationships with them... Um, and one of the things that so obviously I, I since I don't know if it was since you guys you guys talked about it last time I haven't been here in a few months obviously but um 
I think that it just happened, but this was the so with the SeaWorld um, deciding to give up on their Orca program, I feel like that ties in in the way in a specific way of what they did right, which obviously no one is talking about what SeaWorld did right, and no one wants to defend them, and they're they're jerks, and I you know in a lot of ways, and I understand that, and I don't think that they're as bad as everyone seems to make them out to be, though, because what they did was they were trying to. And this is what they said in their statement. Everyone was like really happy. They were trying to educate people, and now that we have the certain amount of education, now we know what we know, and we can then move on to the next step of okay, maybe like not, it's not safe to have them in captivity. And I don't know how you feel about the, any of this in general, but I'm just but that was. I feel like that was a just a bridge to something that I wanted to talk about because we didn't get to uh, we didn't we haven't talked about that in a while ago since we watched Blackfish and we, you know, we had a, a little bit of a roundtable on that. So I wanted to see what your um, what your viewpoint was on on that. Obviously, you work in uh, in an aquarium, so you have a different viewpoint. Right, right. I do. It's it's a very difficult uh, thing to talk about just because, uh, for one, blackfish was was very very of course biased, and uh, right. there was many many things in that that may you know not have been as true as as people thought. But in turn, it right. just created this entire culture. That became so 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 prominent, and when people's emotions go into something, as we all know, it just becomes a unshakable belief system. And so, right. for so many people, after seeing that, and even myself at first, uh, because you know I wasn't too familiar uh, with SeaWorld when I first saw Blackfish, so you know when I first saw it, I was just horrified, and I was like, "What? Well, what can I do to 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 like combat this terrible thing?" Uh, but the more that I learned about SeaWorld, because I'm the type of person that I need to get both sides of the story. I need to, uh, you know, I need to just investigate the other side that I so strongly oppose before I s continue to oppose it. And so I actually ended up talking to multiple people who worked at SeaWorld. And somebody came to work with me who used to work at SeaWorld. And through talking to them, it, it just became so obvious that these people love animals. That they, you know, most of the things that seemed so terrible about that documentary were either things that never happened or things that stopped happening in the 70s like taking the whales from the wild that was something that was that was very quickly stopped and uh, and so it just became so obvious that like most of the anger towards uh, towards SeaWorld was unfortunately very very uh, blown out of proportion and um, you know whether or not you know large cetaceans like killer whales should be in captivity is something that I'm still myself trying to figure out just because you know I don't know a lot about these animals I don't think a lot of people do but I think certainly more good has come out of that program than bad and so I think you know in, in many ways it's a little it's a little scary just because I know that there's so many groups out there that oppose all zoos and aquariums and as we all know here at the turtle run zoos are just absolutely vital to con conservation you know they're just such an incredible tool and there's really no kind of organization that can do the things that zoos do to that extent. You know, a lot of private organizations are doing a really good job, but zoos have the resources to bring in animals that are disappearing. They have the resources to team up with the best people in the country or in the world to breed animals and uh, and and most of all is uh, is the education part of that. You know, so many people that I work with at the aquarium became a marine biologist or an educator or somebody to work with animals because they went to SeaWorld and they saw that and they were inspired. Right. And so many people, you know, especially like living in the city, uh, you know, you might never get the chance to go out and see those animals for yourself. 
and people feel so disconnected with them until they see them and they make that connection. And for so many people, you know, they live such busy lives in, you know, either on land and away from the ocean or out of the woods and, you know, at the grocery store and at work that it's so easy to forget about the other huge ecosystems and huge things out there that are happening every day until you see it recreated in a zoo. You, know, you can go to the aquarium and see a glimpse of being in the ocean with all this amazing stuff happening around you. And that has a huge effect on people and it really makes them feel more connected and you know, like, wow, I, you know, I was just reminded what I share my planet with and I really want to know how I can stay connected to this, how I can learn more about it and start protecting it. So I think that the, you know, as we move, maybe move away from zoos and aquariums as a culture who is angry at them for keeping animals in human care, uh, it, it's going to ultimately make us move away from nature as a culture, which is scary. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely one of those things where, like you said, <clears throat> I mean, I'm so I live in I live in Queens, New York, as some many many people know. Like I'm I'm not near nature at all, and mm -hmm. the only lifeline that I have to it is parks and the you know the zoos. Like I go to you know like on Coney Island, they have the, the New York Aquarium, and uh, like those those type of things are the only connection that I have. If you're so like you were saying in a city person, like that's you know a lot of times the only the only option that you have, and it, like you said, it can be inspiring to go out. Um, <laughs> You know, to to make you go out and learn your thing, like you said, you have to learn both sides of something. That's the only way that 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 will spark you to have the information or to have the desire to to do that. Um, I right. do at the same time. The full disclosure: I feel bad a lot of times when I'm at the zoo too, where I just look around and I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong by enjoying this or this or whatever the thing is. So I don't know. That's not um, probably right. just my own my own stuff. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I used to kind of feel. Sorry to cut you off. Um, no. Did you? Are you? Did you finish your Go. thought? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 I used to feel kind of a little bit like torn. Like, is this right? Yeah. Before I worked at an AZA or Association of Zoos and Aquariums accredited institution, but going behind the scenes, and I mean, at least at the New England Aquarium, but you know, because it is such a standard and it's it's something that is implemented at every place with that accreditation. The the level of care for those animals is almost right. almost ridiculous. Sometimes I was like, "Are you really? Are we really going?" Like they would do a necropsy on like a periwinkle snail that had passed away, a little mm -hmm. tiny per or like a little sea star, just to make sure it was nothing that the aquarium did to cause that animal to pass away, and to make sure that they could prevent it if it was. But you know, there was very very when something did pass away, mm -hmm. it was just a huge like, "Oh my gosh, this animal died because it happened so." Infrequently, and uh, so they don't I mean, just, just put it in a shoebox and bury it behind the shed. They don't flush down the toilet. Nope, none That's of that. What we did. I, don't know. I guess I'm. I wasn't accredited as a kid. I guess that was. <laughs> no, and yeah, the, the sharks don't fit as well as the goldfish. <laughs> and, but like, it's just amazing. Like they have better health care than 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 most people, and it's just like, it's no. amazing how they they really just go above and beyond to make sure that the animals are living the the best quality of life. And I think the biggest thing to remember. Is that you know? Although we see these amazing places on you know, in documentaries or even you know Disney movies and things like that, where we think we have an idea of how animals are living out in the wild, it's a very different story, unfortunately, yeah. nowadays. Where like you know just their habitats disappearing, there's so much just yucky pollution out in our oceans, so many more threats for them. It's just it, it's a sad thing, and I think everybody ultimately who loves animals wishes that it was different. But right. the, you know, and we all love to see animals in their natural habitat 
above everything else. But I think one of the things we all need to start realizing, uh, maybe for, for better for the Earth, uh, is that animals are now generally safer in human care than they are in their own natural habitat, which is you know something that needs to be kind of an awakening for people. Yeah. That's a scary. We're, we've been talking about. Um, we watched the. Uh, um, I think we've played it on the podcast. The um, the John Mualem, uh TED Talk. I don't know if you saw that, but he's talking about how we like. We're at a, a point where, with you know, if we're the sixth extinction or whatever you want to call it, like if we're we're doing this to the environment and everyone and every other species that lives in it is has to be. We have to like rig their environment to keep them alive, even the species that are living in the wild. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, yep. it shows like it, it's it, it just. It's mm-hmm. upsetting for the same reason of like, all right, well, you know, that's we're already have to do that in the wild. There's no such thing as the wild anymore, is what it comes down mm-hmm. to. There's very, exactly. very small amounts. So I don't know what, you know, I don't even know what I could feel like confident saying, but yeah. you know, probably parts of the Amazon and most of the ocean. There's stuff that we don't know, most of the ocean, but there's a lot that we don't know about. But like, I mean, what's, you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, an old idea anyway. So. Why not be upset, or why would you be upset about an animal that's being taken care of well in captivity? Mm-hmm. What are you say, Tom? Well, species will survive or not based on our opinion or our view of them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, it's pretty sad. But right. um, which is why it's important to not portray penguins so great anymore because <laughs> they're, 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 they're they don't they don't deserve it as much as the snakes do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're the ones who really need our help. It's right. Yeah. Oh, I'm laughing because yeah. that's that's not yeah that's not widely accepted. Exactly. No, right. it's interesting. We're getting there. <laughs> it, it is so interesting to think about like the animals that warrant the most conservation and maybe the ones that don't or do deserve it, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an right. in, it's interesting thing because you know here in Atlanta we have one of the only zoos that have pandas and as most of us know, pandas are kind of the poster child for an endangered species and a species that humans have helped uh, from the brink of extinction. But for a lot of people, especially for me as like a conservationist, for the longest time I was so frustrated with the amount of help and money and efforts putting into panda conservation because for people who know about pandas, pandas are like trying to go extinct. You know, they just yeah. they don't want to breed, they eat bamboo and they're not supposed to and all these different things. Uh, but I recently read an article that talked about how pandas, although you know they might not be this important keystone species and, and if anything it's been so much more trouble to keep them around, uh, but they've been a really great umbrella species for everything mm-hmm. else in their habitat. So right. you know the whole entire habitat that pandas right. exist in in China is protected. So that means every animal that lives mm-hmm. around the panda has been protected too. So it's an interesting idea of like just finding that one species that you can use as the umbrella for the entire habitat, which is right. definitely pretty hopeful. It's like six degrees to Kevin Bacon. We cared about the pandas. So we did something, and then because the pandas were there, it fixed the salamanders, and because the salamanders were there, the, whatever the salamanders' primary diet is, I don't even, not even know, yeah. tadpoles, whatever they eat, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, All it's, uh, and, then, and, then, and then Kevin Bacon birthed tadpoles, so that's how it all, it always connects. Right. Always goes back to Kevin Bacon. All roads. It does, it does. I can't, can't help it. Um, so... We, were t- we started talking a little bit about how you kind of got into, you know, animals or why animals, and um, you know, we talked a little bit briefly about, um, you know, like some of your, uh, some of your influences and your heroes in conservation. Did you want to um, tell me a little bit more? I, I kind of want to hear from you the story of why animals, why why, why animals. this life. 
Yeah. It was. It's very innate. It's always been like as soon as I realized that there was other life forms that were not humans, I was just like, that's much cooler than than humans. Because humans to me are so boring. Like anatomy in class, human biology, I was just like, Ugh. like it was just so boring. Because I felt like you know I don't know anything about human anatomy or medicine or anything, but I just feel like I know enough because I am one. So so yeah. you know, animals were always just so much more interesting to me than yeah. than anything else, and it was just. I feel like the first time I realized that it w that they were something different than me, I was just hooked. So everything from you know as a baby, just being like dogs, cats, zoo, everything was just wonderful to me. So of course, uh, you know, very quickly became you know from being like an all animal lover to having these special moments with animals that maybe you know ended up needing me. Like when I was like I think I was maybe five and I was outside playing in, in the yard barefoot and you know, back when you didn't have to be monitored every two seconds by your mom so my mom wasn't there to tell me to scream or be scared when I found my first snake and it just kinda crawled on my foot and I picked it up and I was like this is amazing and I think a lot of the time people are taught to be afraid of snakes uh, by their mom who again was like ah you know put that down but yeah. my mom wasn't there so it, for me it was a really magical moment and I fell in love with snakes and other reptiles and then, uh, you know, I really fell in love with, like, the ocean when I went out with my dad uh, on a deep-sea fishing trip, and we saw, like, a basking shark and all these really cool whales and things like that. And so just having those little moments in my life where I was in nature and I was just surrounded by animals were substantial to my character. And so learning about animals and just being obsessed with them leads, leads you right into learning about, you know, what the risks that they're facing are. And for me, it was right. just, you know, Always going to be like this thing that I needed to do. It's it's almost a burden right. sometimes. I just because you're naturally to, inquisitive. So once you you have an interest in something, so you have to find out about it. Pretty much, yeah. I just like make myself learn everything about it, and uh, and so you know I can't really just turn a blind eye to all the things that I that I find out. And for better or worse, I just kind of have to do what I can to to help them. Right. So you were you were five years old when you saw your first snake, and you remember it. You remember the experience. Oh yeah, it's like one of those things that if I could paint, I would just paint it because it's like just like this That's this awesome. amazing like this isn't a caterpillar like what is this? And it's just a little tongue what was sticking it? out. What kind of snake was it? A garter snake? I think it was a garter snake. Yeah, yeah. And it was just amazing to me. And then you know I went in and told my mom, and she's like, "Did you get bit?" And I was like, "No, of course I didn't. Why would I bite you?" <laughs> right. Yeah, you would have no whole... idea. Yeah, you would have no idea. Like you're saying, the social <laughs> cues. That was actually just I read an article about um about uh, the way that cats think. It was about cat cognition and how, you know, you know, like it was like, why we don't know anything, you know, like one of those articles. But they were talking about how cats pick up on social cues of their owners more than we think. Like if we don't, you know, like if they were, they did an experiment where they, they, play, they turned on a vacuum and like obviously cats are scared of vacuums. So they and if the, the the cat like didn't like wasn't sure to be if he wasn't sure to be scared or not he would look at the at the owner at his owner and then back back and forth and like he would so then the the cat was like reacting yeah so like it's picking it's, up on social cues is is, is, is exactly. like good for you that you had a, a moment where you were alone and didn't have any social any social burden exactly I'm not how different your life would have been exactly yeah and it's a lot of times you just get kind of influenced how to feel if you don't know how to feel in that moment that's a really Really good connection, absolutely. So it just kind of, just kind of spiraled out of control from there. And of course, you know, I thought I was the biggest freak in the world, and all of my classmates just completely reinstated that. Like, yes, Amanda, you are the biggest freak in the world because you painted mm -hmm. a snake, and all of us painted snow leopards and ponies and stuff. And uh, you know, 
the first time that I actually Somebody felt painted like a was, snow leopard? That's pretty cool, actually, too. Yeah, it wasn't that good. It was just like it said snow leopard <laughs> on <laughs> you know, all the cool animals, seahorses and stuff. Right, and, right. Um, and so the first time I actually felt like I wasn't that weird with seeing like Steve Irwin on TV. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just like, oh, wow, he's, he's an adult and he's doing what I'm doing. So that's kind of cool. I guess that's, <laughs> that's a possibility for one you brought up You brought up the legend. We, had, we need a 60-second yeah. moment, moment of silence. <laughs> Sixty seconds. <laughs> I thought you said fifty. Oh, a moment of, that's, that's, a, that's not a moment of silence. That's a minute of silence. Minute yeah. of silence. Several <laughs> moments of silence. For he deserves it, but <laughs> he does deserve know. it. But all right, we want no one. No one wants to hear us breathe. Uh, he deserves it, so, but our viewers don't. Yeah. Who? <laughs> who else? Um, so Steve Irwin is a, is a, you would consider an influence. Who else is? Uh, give me give me someone else that you feel like. Right. When you started yeah, to um, explore, you found this person's work, and they changed mm -hmm. you. Besides Steve Enders, yeah, Steve yeah, Enders, yeah. Steve Irwin, the obvious. All ones. you guys, yes. You don't have to go over those. <laughs> no, definitely. Like, um, I mean, of course, like Archie Carr, like that. You know, his turtle work is once I started really getting into turtles. Um, but <clears throat> something that I found that's like literally like my, I feel like she's like my soul sister, and I kind of want to be like her. Uh, her name's Carol. Uh, I always pronounce her last name wrong, Ruckdashel, and uh, you guys might have heard of her. She's for, like the Cumberland Island lady. She's just crazy, and she totally reminds me of myself. Uh, basically, she like started out just kind of like loving wildlife and wanting to be like a, a kind of like a real biologist, and then she just totally lost her mind for the uh, island of um, the Cumberland Island uh, in the, actually off the coast of Georgia, and she just you know fell in love with the the sea turtles there and all the wildlife. Is it in the Gulf or is it in the ocean? It's in the it's ocean. Bad. It's okay. Yeah, I think so. At least, yeah, it's like right on the coast of Georgia, kind of like a little bit further down. Um, okay. At least I, I'm not very good at geography. I hope that's where it is. I know it's in Georgia, technically. Georgia, gotcha. Big big sea turtle island, though. Big population of of uh, loggerheads there, and for the longest time there just was no protection there for them. A lot of like entanglement and fishing gear. A lot of like you know just just destroying of the nests and stuff. So she's the one who set up the the protected area there for them, and she still like lives there. She just like rides around on the wild horses and eats like roadkill and like has a gun and will shoot anybody who like comes to mess with the sea turtles. And she's like a vigilante. And yeah. she just completely like <laughs> abandoned the like society for these turtles, and I feel like she's like my plan B. Like if everything else doesn't work, I'm just going to live on an island with sea turtles, and I'm just going to be this crazy sea turtle visit vigilante. And so I love. It does I seem just, like it would be a really cool life. It is. She's so cool, and she's so like she's just like too passionate that she just let it overcome her completely. And she's actually a, a biologist. She does like necropsies on the beaches. She's collected tons of data. She's written books. There's actually a great book about her, which is what spurred me into learning about her. I feel like there should also be a movie about her. She's so cool. It's called Untamed by Will Harlan. And it's just such a good book. Uh, and it's about her life. But she's just like the coolest person ever. I just love her passion for wildlife. I think I'm gonna I'm I'm nominating that for a for a Turtle Room book club podcast episode. I think that because I I looked at I was I looked at into it uh, into her a little bit and I saw just like reading the blurb on that book. It does it seems like it's right up my alley. I would love to read it. She sounds like a very it's interesting so person. She's still oh, there fun. now. She's still there being a vigilante yeah. on the beach. She's like no? seventy two and she's, yeah, she's still old, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's awesome. This is like who I want to be when I grow up. 100%. Is she interested in younger guys or? 
creepy. Probably. Yeah, that's apparently how she is too. But she apparently she like was being abused by one of her husbands and she killed him. So, you know, just be careful. Yeah. Yeah, I read that. She's cool. I like her. She's like a no nonsense like sea turtles and that's about it. I love her. Where is she? Is she from the South or is she? Is I think she, so. Uh, yeah, I think she's from uh, like the outskirts of Atlanta. Like she was. Sounds you know, like. It. She that's it. Yeah, that's what I feel like. That that it kind of fits into like the the no nonsensey. That makes sense. She's got a. She's I got love a little her. bit of uh, pizzazz. Yeah. Fried yeah. green tomatoes. All right, so I'm that's I'm officially nominating that book. Tony, Steve, we're gonna have to get our hands on that. You've already read it, I'm assuming, Amanda. Yes. Yeah, I would totally read it again, though. It's awesome. I think I think we should do that. Um, Nerd alert. Who, <laughs> who? Oh, sorry, Tony. Reading is you start from the top left and you work your way to the bottom right. We have audiobooks now too for those who. Or you can listen to you can listen to a nice gentleman or or lady um, speaking to you also. <laughs> um, all right. So who who else um, who else would you feel like? I know. You, so you mentioned Archie Carr. Who I'm not really familiar with Archie Carr. If you, I don't know if you want to. Um, Peter Pritchard's mentor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, this I think this is the best book ever written on turtles. I know that's a lot, but Handbook of Turtles. This book mm-hmm. is so good. Mm-hmm. And then he's got the entire. Um, is it down in Florida? The center that he's got down there. Yeah. 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 And it's just like a place where people go and do turtle research. And yeah, there's uh, there's the Archie Carr. Um, there's a there's an entire like um, like uh, refuge for sea turtles named after him too. Mm-hmm. When I went to visit, like only sea turtles that are named Archie Carr can go there, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm listen. I'm that's. I think that that's a very important point, and sea turtles should be named. Like all animals in our care should be named, and this brings us to. Uh, and I think this is a good time to do a little bit of an exercise that we were planning on doing. Does anyone have any anything they needed to say before we do this? Yes, I have an objection. You had, you had stuff you needed to say. <laughs> I just quickly wanted to say that when I visited Peter Pritchard at his home, he was most excited. So this is a place with monster alligator snapping turtles with. Uh, oh shells of and, and um, specimens of, of extinct uh, turtles and tortoises, uh, like ridiculous, ridiculously amazing things that I wanted to cry when I saw. But the most exciting thing that he pointed wanted above all else to point out to me personally was the oil painting portrait of Archie Carr that he had hanging in the second floor, the second story of um, the main building there. I just thought that was so cool because I've read so much about what he's written about Archie Carr and I've read a lot of Archie Carr stuff. So I just I just wanted to say that I thought it was the coolest thing to see how excited he was to point that out to I me. I go there so you, bad. You need to go there. Uh, how do I do that? Do I just like message him? No, I have a person I can put you in contact with. It's in uh, Oviedo, Florida, um, yeah. which is like Orlando. So it's it'll be a far uh, kind of it'll be a bit of a hike for you, but. Um, it, it'd be worth it to do it sooner that than later, too. That sounds yeah. so cool. You need yeah, to go there. It. It's amazing. Yeah. They, they have the out. largest collection of um, preserved specimens, uh, like 13,000 preserved specimens. Yeah. That's so cool. I got to go to the um, the back room of the Harvard Natural History Museum in Boston, so all the like really wow. cool specimens. And I got to go to the herpetology department because I knew uh, I ended up being able to get in contact with the curator. And it was so cool. They had like Galapagos tortoise shells from like when the mm-hmm. the actual like they would be brought on the ships with stuff carved in their shell, which is like sad but really cool. And just every type of turtle in a jar you could ever want to see. It was like 
I was, I, he said it was going to be like a half hour, and we ended up being there for like an hour and a half. But we were both nerding out. It was awesome. That's so cool. Wow, so, that is cool. You can anyway. switch. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thank you. So yeah, that. I didn't mean to cut. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut any of that off. But um, so we had. <clears throat> I have a specific talent. I like to. I I think that I'm pretty good at this. I'm very good at pairing names as in pet names, to a pet or a type of pet. I think that I am pretty can, can be a pretty good judge of if it's a good name and, and so on. Um, so Amanda has several animals that she works with at home within her the confines of her apartment, correct? I do, yes. I have, uh, I think, like 15 now. 15? So. Oh, you didn't give me that many names. Um, I try to go easy on you, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. All right, all right, good. All right, so I know, so we know you have two that are non-reptiles, correct? Uh, yes, yes, I do. And those are? Oliver and Brynn, and they're dogs, too. Uh, I have a corgi, he's Oliver, and then I have, like, a little mutt, and her name's Brynn. Okay, so based on those two, just so I have some, so I'm not going into this blind, um, and Tony and Steve, you, you guys are going to have to guess, too, so just, you know, have... I'm I'm clearly gonna get more correct, but I'm ready. You guys I'm literally have to... I'm ready for this. Let's go. All right. Um, so, take me through why you named the two dogs those names. So I, I'm trying to get a little bit of a of, you know behind the, way behind I'm the curtain. Things, yeah, you're. It's not gonna be very helpful. The way I name things is just if I like the name, and if they look Completely like right. the name, they get you're that screwed. name. Is no colors okay. or like. Oh, that's that's yeah. a, that says something though. That says you're, something. You're screwed, John. That's what it says. You're screwed. Basically. Um, yeah. I I certainly hope that that's not the case. All right. Um. So so, so Oliver is a Welsh corgi, corgi, mm -hmm. corgi. Yep. Bryn is a mutt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. So. I know generally, again, I know generally the type of animals that you keep outside of that. Obviously, they're reptiles. I know some. I think I have a general idea, but I'm gonna. We're just gonna leave it as that's. You can you can confirm that, right? Reptiles is the rest of rest of reptiles. The rest are reptiles. Yes. No, no fish. No, no. amphibians. Left my two frogs out of it. Yep. Left your two Everything frogs out of it. All right. All right. <laughs> so you've given me you've given me six names, um, of which we are gonna start with Marlo. All right. Now, the oh, type man. of animal for me, what jumps out to me, Marlo, I I feel like I see an older man. I feel like I see an old <clears throat> rugged man. All right. <clears throat> Muscular, outdoorsy. So the type oh, of reptile that I'm thinking is that that is going to be a tortoise. And don't say anything yet. I'm going to say. I'm going to guess. I'm feeling uh, smaller than a large. So I'm, I'm thinking it's a Russian tortoise. Now, Tony, Steve, I don't know if you guys know. Do you guys know? I have the answers. Oh right, Steve. All right, so you can't guess. That's right. You have the answers. I forgot. All right, so Tony, what what type of animal do you feel Marlo is? I feel like you're you're grinning like the the, the I don't I don't like this. You this know. This is so exciting. No, I don't know anything. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't think that Amanda has many... Well, I'm not going to say anything else. Um, I do, you actually guessed a specific species. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I thought we were guessing... Spe we can go general or more, more or general, or more general but... <laughs> we can go general or... Um, I, would, I would guess that Marlowe is a snake. 
You guys don't want to phone a friend or anything? Is that Marlo? That's little old Marlo. Damn it. It's a few months old. He's a roughneck monitor. Very cool. Roughneck. You got the rough part right, John. I, so, yeah. okay, yeah, that, that does. I, I'm so, I, I knew that you had monitors. I didn't think that, that, that Marlo was one of them. Monitors are, are, are great, though. I love, awesome. love, love that. It's a good name, Marlo. Yeah, thank you. All right. Yeah, there he is. John, who sings the classic hip hop song Roughneck? Is that Lady of Rage? Um, I believe so. Yes, got be, uh, That would be a great. See, you know, that's where that's where we I, we would definitely be going down that path. Yeah. Right. That basically would get, would get a female roughneck monitor and name it Lady of Rage. Something <laughs> nominal. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah, exactly. I, it has I'm, to be all connected. Yeah. I like the Marlo. Is there is there something behind Marlo? What did you just you just went with it? That was another one, or, or, or felt like it. All these are going to be just something. That you just, <laughs> Yeah, it's just like I wanted a good name for like an animal that's gonna end up being like this big silly lizard on a leash. That's like an education. Yeah. Like Marlo, there he is. That's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, Marlo. Oh, it's a good exclaimed name. Yeah, is Marlo. Exactly. Marlo. Yeah. Okay. And anytime Marlo... I like. Oh, is that a name? Is Marlo a name? Yeah, obviously. Is that just short for Marlon Brando? Yeah. No, it's like no, it's a name. name. It's the name of her roughneck monitor, you big guy. No, I mean, like, is there someone actually named Marlo? There's like, a Marlo? restaurant Mar out Marlo here Brando. called Marlo's Tavern, and that's actually where I first heard it. Oh. And everybody around oh, so like, you need to name after So it's named after your local tavern. Yeah. I guess tavern. Small chain. I like it. Oh. All right. Next animal. Next animal is the name Tallulah. Ooh. Now, I, love that, I have to say, you, I'm, I'm very fond of you. You're great. I do. I hate this name. I do not like the name at all. I don't know it. what it goes to, so, so there's cute. a chance to redeem. But you can, you can defend. You, if you need to defend yourself, <coughs> just my my thoughts. Tallulah. It seems like the name of like a French bulldog that a hipster person is going to be walking around in Brooklyn. I feel like I've met a dog named Tallulah. And it just Tallulah's a snake. Know. That's so funny. No, it's actually the the place where I heard it is there's like this beautiful waterfall place here in Georgia called Tallulah Falls. Mm. So it was, and then I okay. realized it was a little hipstery, but it's still funny because when she does something that is like when she, I mean, not that it matters, but sometimes it's funny, like because she's she's very pesky, so I'll have to I'll yell at her, and it's funny to yell Tallulah, Tallulah. Okay, so this has got to be so so. Oh, this is a this is another this is another monitor. He would. It's a snake. It's a snake. Anthony's just going to say snake until he eventually gets it. Apparently. He's going to say until he gets it right. Damn it. Silly girl. Oh, you know what, though? She looks like a Tallulah. She is a Tallulah. You're right about that, actually. She's hilarious. You threw me off with pesky. That's why I was like, oh, this is definitely another monitor. She's the type of turtle that I'm sure you guys all have this turtle where as soon as you even walk near the room, she's like... Trying to get no, food, yeah, like she's yeah. like a she's yeah. like a dog, and she's just That's, always begging for food. Diamond like, are known as the puppy dogs of the aquatic turtle world. You can't what is? take a photo. Diamondbacks are known as the puppy dogs of the That's, aquatic turtle world. I feel like I coined that because I totally they follow me. They're all target trained. Where like if I if because I'm if I'm trying to like like do something in their tank, they will try to bite me just because they mm -hmm. want food so badly. So I try to sometimes put like a pair of like red tongs in there. To indicate, okay, we're gonna be, you know, taking you out for feeding and mm. stuff like that, because they will just go crazy for food, and nothing has really. In, I mean, some when I was worked, when, 
when Tony and I were in college, I literally had to do that to him with um, with with pool cues. I had to keep him away, like during meal times, or if I needed to go into his room, like I had to have two pool cues, and I had to like I had to keep them, you know, like get them get them out of the way. So I totally understand um, yeah, keeping it's, it. It's efficient. Yeah, they use it in all the zoos, and it's very good for you know making animals aware that it's you know a time to feed or time to not. So mm -hmm. it can be very effective. Not always time to feed, Tony. <laughs> They'd have to use tranquilizers on chicken parm night. I was <laughs> savage. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, okay. Savage. Um, next name is Charlie. Definitely a snake. Charlie is a great name. Charlie's I will a good say name. that I Classic. love love the name Charlie. Charlie. My first thoughts are snake. I think no, okay. I already guessed snake first on this one. Doesn't matter. I'm I'm you you oh. just you're just saying now since you things. both said this, snake, now you gotta get more specific. No, that's what I'm gonna I, guess I'm, this one so. I'm, I'm thinking it's a, it's it's something big. This is probably one of your cooler things. I'm guessing retic. I'm gonna go ahead and guess that this is a, a reptile. <laughs> I think Tony so Anthony wins. goes more general. <laughs> probably a organism of some sort. Is this yeah, in the family Animalia? Yeah. He's yeah, <laughs> he's just a baby retic, but he will be cool. Oh, he's so a retic. All right. Yeah, he's a baby, so he's not but like a huge. I mean, the it looks like a retic, but its eye doesn't look like a retic. Is that a normal? Is that a normal yeah. retic? So. Normal for the like, it's a, he's a sunfire, which is like a genetic morph, so mm -hmm. might be for that more, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, well, I don't I know thought, much about I it. Also the, I also thought that retics had the line in their eye. Oh, his pupils are like dilated because he's a little nervous. But yeah, it's so funny. Like a lot of people think that snakes have different eyes and stuff, but it it all depends on how their pupil dilates, which is why mm. it's not a good idea to use that to identify like a venomous reptile because sometimes their eyes are different if they're dilated. Oh. Um, so their eye when their eye dilates, it goes from a line to more of a circular or or exactly. spherical. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I picture like the turning um, circular glass thing when you're getting your eye exam at the mm, eye doctor, yeah, and it turns. Is it the one that puffs you in the eye? Not that one, but that, I was just talking to my wife about that today. No, but when, when they turn it, they say one, mm, or two. Right. Two. two yeah. or and, and when it switches from one to the other, it goes from a straight line to a circle. Right, right. Yep. It, um, Sorry. I so took that that's, so that, that's, one, that's one correct for me. Um, how'd you know? The, how'd you guess retic? That was really. I've I'm I'm I've seen her with a retic on Instagram, so I figured it had it was that she had a cool. I that she, had a, she had a she had some. Oh my some gosh! Cool ones. Mm -hmm. um, Is that, that even legal? Next. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're very legal. Of course, they're that's mm -hmm. those are all the coolest animals. Um, yeah. Next next name is butterscotch. Mm. Um, general John's general comments about the name could go either way. Depends on the animal. It's a it's a I think it's a ballsy it's a ballsy name. I'm <laughs> I'm just curious as to how it's gonna how it's gonna fit. But um but I like it. I like that you I like that that's this is where you went with it. Um, Tony, do you have a guess? Because I'm not I'm I'm not really sure. Are you ready? I'm going to say that butterscotch is a bearded dragon. Solid guess. I feel so stupid I, even guessing. I was thinking, I was thinking, I think it has four legs. 
Um, definitely not a snake, butterscotch. I was mm. thinking. I'm thinking it's another monitor, which I know I guessed monitor three times already, but. Um, mm. Oh no, I didn't. I only guessed monitor once. Okay, yeah, I'm saying butterscotch is a monitor. It's a Savannah monitor. All right, good solid guess. Let's see. Let's see butterscotch. Okay. So many turtles and tortoises. The name is great. It fits perfectly. Yeah. Oh. Yep. You can go either way with that name. It had to be used for like the perfect thing, but I think, yeah. I think it worked then, out here. What type of tortoise is this? A yellow foot. Oh, yellow foot. Good. Beautiful. <coughs> what is he? Uh, what is he eating there? We got. Let's see. We got some. Uh, some like tortoise feet. I think it's like the zoomed. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we've got some some Grass collard right. greens. Little strawberry mm -hmm. in the back. No, right. Mm -hmm. You're in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, next southern name. Oh. I thought that was funny. Collard greens is a southern dish. Okay. Um, it is for sure. Oh, I didn't hear Thomas. You say that. Thomas one. is the next name. He's um, a tank engine. How do you cook <laughs> your own greens? I, I had had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling. Yeah. Um, I like Thomas. I like I like having a like especially if you have a lot of animals. I like having at least one that just is a regular people name. Mm, not, like I don't like life. everyone. I don't like everyone to be named people names. I like, like butter, that's why I like butterscotch. That's why I like Tallulah. Uh, Using the not, My three striped mud turtle that's named Big Ange. Rest in peace. That's a great. See, that's a great one named after a specific, a specific human. I like names. I also we also have Spangler. I baby uh, Spangler. I um, that your wife named. Ro yeah, Robbie? my wife named Robbie and Hank Mardukas. Oh, and don't forget Evan. <laughs> she named after her hairdresser. No, no, after her nail, her nail technician. Oh, Evan. nail technician. Sorry. Evan. Which is great because he's from China. He is an actual painter. She would all the time call her nail technicians Chinese, and I say I don't. I'm not really sure. I think you might be. I th yeah, that might be discriminatory to just call all your nail technicians Chinese. But I went and looked, and I spoke to Evan specifically, man to man, and he's from China. Mm -hmm. Nice. Which yeah. is great because that's the range. Yeah, it just goes right along with it. Yeah, it's funny because like everybody's like, oh, who is Thomas named after? He's actually named after a wonderful moray eel that I worked with at the aquarium. So he's not even oh. like like one named human named after another animal, animal. Passed to another. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, how did Thomas the moray eel get his name? Though that's that's the. He did get it. Uh, uh, from Kevin Bacon gave it to him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Bestowed Always. it. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm Thomas. I'm going with a snake. Going back to snake, and I'm going. With, do we need to say species? You're not even Tony. You're not even really playing this game, and I'm I'm a little I'm a little species, bothered by it. I think the species it's it's very uh it's very impressive. So you can go for that. Like the retic am... thing, that was amazing. Okay. Stalking your Instagram. Yeah. Oh. All right. Just because I prepared. All right, Thomas. I think Thomas is a blood python. Thomas the blood python. Oh, I guess. All right. I'm going to say... Oh! He put it up before Tony guessed. Oh, good. He's a bone instructor. I don't even know what it is, though. That's a red tail. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yep, he's a red tail boa. Little baby. I was really hoping you had a blood python. No, I love blood pythons, but I don't have one at, at right now, at least. Yeah, maybe next week. 
Yeah, exactly. That's the thing with me. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a that right. is that's just a uh, regular regular red tail or what are we? Yeah, kind of he's like pet for albino, but it's no like visual thing. So right. yeah. Pet for greatness. All right, one left. <laughs> Last one. Okay, so this is this is I'm I'm going in a different direction with this winner one. Takes the name, in this one. Winner takes huh? all. Winner, winner, winner takes, takes all. Winner takes all. No, but you haven't gotten any yeah. right. I got one right. It doesn't matter. That's how they winner do these things. Take all. Winner does not take all. Winner does not take all. If I also like lose, if I also don't get it. Yeah, this is a <laughs> yeah, this is family feud. Sun Who wins the last uh, round? Yeah. Okay. I could the steal name right is now. the name is Zuzu, after Zuzu's petals from It's a Wonderful that's Life. That's so. It's actually that's actually that's it. That's really what it's. Boom. Okay. So that's yeah. I get already have partial credit. I'm. Yeah. That's two for me and zero that for Tony. So no, I that doesn't count. One. That doesn't count. I've been mathematically eliminated from the race. That's like winner the only thing. Right here. I think that Zuzu is winner takes all right iguana. here. Zuzu is an iguana. Okay. Zuzu is an iguana. I'm gonna say that Zuzu is a Euromastix. Wow, two very Molly. specific. I didn't specify, and I'd appreciate it if we kept it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of different ones. Yeah. Oh, a day gecko. No. She is a leaf tail. She is a Lichianus Lichi gecko. She's not as big as she'll get. She's like a little juvenile, but that is Zuzu. Mm. That is a good name. That is a good. It, it fits. Oh, so. yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Lichianus. That is, that is beautiful. So okay. So that's so those are those are six. Those are six of your of your animals that you keep and work with. How? What else do you have? A day gecko is the is the gecko gecko. That's it. Yep. That's, yeah. Nice. That's a day gecko. I just wanted John to know that. Mm-hmm. He's up so on his uh, gecko. I think the gecko gecko is the gecko. Mm-hmm. It's a day gecko. Yeah, my, mo- my mom calls thing. all no, my geckos geckos. She's like, how are the geckos doing? I'm like, mm. yeah, good. Classic old oh, mom. mom. You'll never oh, understand. Yeah. <laughs> classic. Yeah, she'll never get it. <laughs> um, I have two lychee geckos. I have a green tree python. I have Ooh. five diamondback terrapins. I have a red foot tortoise and a yellow foot tortoise. I have the retic, Charlie. Um, I have two boas, Shiloh and Thomas. And I have two Shiloh. white tree frogs. And I think that's it. Is that it? And then Marlo. Marlo, right. Marlon Brandon. What, are, what are the tree frogs named? Amphibians are harder are, to name than reptiles. They are, yeah. They they can be tough. Their names are Yuki and Ren. Ren. How's mm-hmm. Ren spelled? R E N N. Like Kylo Ren from Star Wars. Oh, okay, good. I was gonna, That's what I was gonna say. Not like the bird. Yeah. Just impressed those two. R E N is pretty weak. Yeah. Yeah. Kylo Ren. So you're a big you're a big Star Wars fan. You named an animal after a Star Wars character. Uh, there's oh, yeah. there's only one N in Kylo Ren, however. Oh, who's the bigger Star Wars fan? <laughs> so he is named after Kylo Ren, but it's it's my own spin on it. Okay, let's do that. How about? There you go. <clears throat> Classic. Yeah. Such Classic. a stickler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that? Hold on. So I'm a Star Wars have, nerd. I right. Admit. Well, so I never would have guessed it. We have three Star Wars nerds in this conversation. Who's Tony, not the Star you Wars? don't care about Star Wars, right? No, I I I appreciate it for what it is—a movie. Get over right, it. You're not, a Star not like a Star Wars theater. Right. No, I'm not a hater. No, I'm not a hater. No. I think Star Wars haters are only haters because they don't actually know about Star Wars and they don't want to take the time to watch it. So, like, I hate it. Like, you don't. You I, no, I don't hate it at all. I don't hate. I yeah. hate episode one. One. Yeah. One, two, 
Yeah. One's bad. Two's okay. Three was really good. I think three was good too. Thank you. Three was good, but one is bad. That's okay though. It's fine. I didn't like three. I liked one. Three was good. I think you didn't like Crazy. three because you cried and choked on your tears. That's okay. I didn't like three because I feel like I didn't like. The, I just didn't like the way that they made him into Vader. But one, I was I liked on the on the basis of I was just so excited that there was a new Star Wars that I didn't care that it was bad that it was bad. So I liked. It. I was a little kid um, when one came out, so I actually at first, you know, I liked it because it was like a little kids movie. So I got to. Ha I didn't have that initial uh, disappointment because when I was right. little, I loved Star Wars. I didn't either. Right, I'm in the same same boat. Yeah. Same boat. Exactly. Don't try to um, make the viewers think you're younger than you are, John. Um, I was like, <laughs> me too. Yeah, me too. Bitty baby, when these yeah, things came like, out, just so like I you can't really. <laughs> no, I was I was in high school. I was old enough to have known. Okay. But I didn't. Yep. But I didn't. Um, so whatever. I was just oh, excited. Really? You know, when you, when you when you connect with a movie like that, you're excited when a new one comes out when you're a kid. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Six, so this six. I feel like oh, this is Star Wars. <laughs> Star yeah, yeah, Wars me too. Me too. I was things. too young to know the difference. Yeah. I could dunk a basketball, but I was too young. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars is one of these things that is a stereotype of the nerd as well as being into reptiles is and I wanted to know so I wanted to talk a little bit of, about that correlations to other things I feel mm. like reptile people will quote unquote reptile people will get the people will assume you like mm -hmm. Star Wars and people will assume that you like the type of music that you are mm -hmm. a big fan of mm -hmm. Yes, which is uh, I really like a lot of like rock music and metal. Believe it or not, a lot of right. people are like, hmm, huh. yeah. So it's all kind right. of, yeah. Which is almost that's like that's that is pretty stereotypical. Your you know your 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 interests are what we would say is normal for a turtle person. I guess so. Yeah, maybe. Person. I don't know. Do you, is that what all of you guys as turtle people like? Well, that, so that's what Tony. What is? I mean, do we agree? Disagree? You asking me? Yes. He's in shock yes. again. He's in shock. <laughs> yeah. What are What are you thinking of? Okay. Which Which ninja animal are you thinking of now? No, but what's the question? I'm not sure how to answer. The question is, how. Is, it wasn't is, really a question. I was just wondering. I, it was a Scott Gibbons question. I was just saying something and waiting for you to respond. <laughs> um, well, what, make like, so. So a lot of people, Amanda's a big fan of, as for instance, the band Tool and or yes. Rush. Uh, mm -hmm. Those are examples. Uh, I like Rush. Which, by the way, Amanda, oh. I saw Rush last year uh, in Vegas. In May. I saw him in, in May. Last year. In Vegas? Yeah. No, not, but in, in uh, I saw oh. him. Yeah. Were, On that tour. It was... Great, great experience. I've never been. I've never really, really listened to them, and they were. Um, I was. I was just randomly invited, and I went. Yeah, and I it was, yeah, it was really. Yeah. Incredible. Um, oh yeah. But that's so, so funny. That's like a that's like a stereotypical thing. But like, where someone like you, now that's you are also not into Star Wars as opposed to most other people. Are you the outlier of the reptile community? Do you like mm -hmm. your as far as your yeah. interest outside of animals go? Yeah, probably. I I like to consider myself an uh, an, uh, an interesting yeah individual that um, likes things that don't necessarily match. I use right. um, other people's creations to express my own individuality. Sure, yeah. But um, okay. I think um, usually if if you are a reptile person, where you're supposed to go with your music 
uh, taste is more like Cannibal Corpse, something like that. So you think um, harder than Russian Tool? Yeah, um, I like more like progressive stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I like, like Metallica a lot, but a lot of black yeah, T-shirts. Classically trained. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. A lot, a lot of black T-shirts with cut-offs. Lots uh, of tattoos. Fat yeah. armpits. A lot of people sport. Yeah, yeah a lot of people mm -hmm. sport the fat armpits. Yeah. 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 I think so that's I think, a, Metallica is a good Metallica is a good example of. I think that's the perfect thing. Like of turtle people or, like, hobbyists who have, like, you know, classically trained and, like, you have to be, like, a biologist. Like, you have to have, like, a, you know, you have to have, like, an incredible degree. Like, you're classically trained and then you <laughs> use it to, you know, to mess around with turtles and, like, Metallica's mm -hmm. using it to mess around and be like... Down picking. Oh, yeah. That's Amazing. a good, yeah. That's a good yep. example. Good example. Because um, it's, like, you just go in the direction that, like, you take your training, which might be very general, and then do that to go in, in a direction that really is your own, that comes kind of from your own, like, heart and what you really feel is, is, is all you, so. Right. So, but is it, is it, I guess the, where I was trying to go with this, but didn't really get there, didn't really make sense, do, is it, is it a stereotype to say that that's something that reptile people are into, and anyone can answer that? I don't know. Yes. It, it is a stereotype, <laughs> I think it all, yeah, I think it's because it happens so naturally. Maybe because yeah. it's like the type of person that you are just appeals to all that stuff, you know? Like, I don't listen to metal because I think it's what I should be listening to. I've, like, listened to it ever since I heard my uncles jamming on Metallica when I was, like, again, like, five, and it just it. kind of spoke to me. So right. maybe it's just the type but, of person but, you end up being. But is so there's a correlation to the fact that metal spoke to you and the fact that reptiles speak to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's because I'm an awesome Yes, I, I think there's two options. I think there's two options. There are people who will purposely seek out things that go against um, mainstream, what they're supposed to like, things like that. If you're a young girl and you, you're you not supposed to like uh, death metal, you're not supposed to like snakes and that sort of thing. I don't think that's the case with Amanda. I will give her more credit than that because I know her and I think she's wonderful. But if I think that there's also a type of person that's, really cool. that's willing to be open to things that they're not supposed to. Right. Put, and I think it's because they, sure. right, it makes yeah. them stand out and stuff. Like, I used to get, like, beat up because I got my face painted as R2-D2 when I was, like, it, like when I was in, like, you know, kindergarten. And now it's, like, cool to like that Star Wars. That's the sweetest, most the heartbreaking story I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, that you got really... beat up for wearing R2-D2 makeup? <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm a, and everybody else is, like, a cat again. And, and now I'm, like, telling everybody, I'm, like, it's actually oh cool God. to like Star Wars. Like, I would have been the coolest kid ever back, yeah. you know, if... if I had liked Star Wars at the right time, well, but it's, that's, yeah, that's definitely. kind of part of the problem with Star Wars, though. Now is that not, I, I, I'm the new ones are great. I'm really happy the way it is, but the fact that it's cool makes it a little bit less cool for me. Yeah, you can't yeah. pick out the true that's fans kind of from the ones that are. So, so I said there are two type of diff two two different types of people: the person who wants to go against what they're supposed to like, John, mm -hmm. and people who are open to other things, Amanda. Mm -hmm. I'm Absolutely. open to things. I'm just saying, and that I naturally lead, start to tend. Like mm -hmm. if everyone is into something, I can't help it. I naturally start to think a little bit right. less of it, or be like, all right, well, if everyone likes this, then there must be some sort of problem with it. You're, you're, that, you're naturally uh, intensely worried about what other people are thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. awesome. Yeah, no, and I'll just yeah, kind of like, yeah. like just a quick like last touch on like I'm not like I'm not very specifically like some people are like no I don't listen to anything but metal like I like. Hmm. Uh, like Australian hip hop, I like uh, 80s hmm. hip hop, I like 
a lot of different types of like just old, like the Eagles are one of my favorite bands. Love like, the Eagles. You know, I mean, I listened to Fall Out Boy when I was in high school, and I'll still definitely admit they're they're good. So I I'm like, I'm Fall Down Boys too. Yeah. So anything that like kind of appeals to me, I'm not scared to admit that I like it just because it's a part of my persona because I don't really have a persona. You know what I mean? So. Right. I was close enough to a hotel. Hotel California album. I was just close enough on vinyl. When you said that, yeah, oh. that's how that's how much you All we can see is the so reflection good. of your computer on the vinyl. Can't see it. Thank you. No, I saw it. I can make that um, out anywhere. All right, guys, we're gonna wrap up. We've been we we got you hopefully plenty of uh plenty of info mm -hmm. and we've introduced well to Amanda. We just want to say um yes. again uh, welcome and thank, thank you, you for coming on. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and now is the portion of the podcast where we like to we like to leave it to the viewer or not the viewer the guest to say something profound to end it. So please do that. Me? You please? Yes. No okay. Really, I think the since the said viewer, so I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna comment something. Um, yeah, no, I'm just I'm super excited to see where I'll take this because as as a social media coordinator, like I used to kind of think, oh, you know, Facebook, blah blah blah, but it's such an amazing medium for just you know getting information out there sharing your passion and expressing you know things that you think are important and then creating like this whole huge community and so I think that you know just being able to really share my love for turtles and then you know what other people can do to to really help us in our mission to conserve turtles is is really exciting because I think a lot of people don't realize that you know there's so much that the average person can do to help in conservation, you don't have to be this really awesome turtle breeder like you guys. You can just be this average Joe that isn't quite as cool as you know Steve and, and Anthony uh, to, to help. Wait, are you talking specifically so, about me? Uh, the average Joe is not as cool as them. Exactly. Yeah, just you know, stop using plastic bags, John, and you'll be right up there on their level. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Amanda, really appreciate you having you. We'll Absolutely, thank you guys. Talk again soon. Thanks. Have a good one.